Welcome to our final Top Shelf episode of 2021. Top Shelf is our series to highlight our favorite Tiny Desk Contest entries. And this week, we announced the winner of the Tiny Desk Contest. And that winner is the artist known as Nephi. And on this final episode, we welcome Nephi. Hello, <laughs> Nephi. Hello. I am very happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you've kind of been happy these uh, past few days <laughs> in general. Yes, happy and also like very much so I feel like I'm sleepwalking a little bit and it feels <laughs> like I'm having like a giant outer body experience. So it's the dichotomy of being happy and also like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> there was this little bit of time bef when we, when I called you to the time we announced. Mm -hmm. uh, what is that like? I, I have no idea. Like you can't really tell any, I mean, you're going to tell your... <laughs> parents or something but what was that period of time like yeah so there was a period of time when uh you and the npr team told me and then between the time frame of that and then letting everyone know and that short time frame was weird because it was like okay like i have this thing that i'm holding on to in my chest and the only people that i could tell is me <laughs> and my parents um, and so it was also kind of nice, though, because you were, like, in our own little bubble. You don't have to be detailed about this, but have you gotten any phone calls that have been surprising beyond mine? <laughs> <laughs> yes, lots of phone calls, um, lots of text messages and um, emails that I, some that I just, like, wasn't expecting. That's awesome. So I, I'd love to give people an idea of, like, how we in this show, how you came to the song you came to, and then uh, we can talk about a little bit about your musical past and so forth, and get people to know you, and I get to know you a little bit more than I already do. I mean, well, as a judge of these things, I watch thousands of videos, and I don't like digging into past history at all until we've chosen uh, the person, because uh, I want to just go on the one particular video that I've watched and the song that I've heard. Um, so let's talk about the song Wait Up. You were living in New York City. You are going to school. What were you studying, by the way? <laughs> I was studying journalism. Oh, awesome. <laughs> journalism and design um, at the new school. So I'm going to take it that you knew NPR. Definitely. <laughs> I probably at one point wanted to write for NPR. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so for Wait Up, I wrote it about pretty much in the very, very beginning of when the pandemic started. And it was really a reflection of a culmination of years of pretty much a half a decade of living in New York City and how much it did change me, but also how much it took out of me spiritually and physically um, and emotionally. And so Coming back home during the pandemic, it really allowed me to sort of reflect on that time frame. And it was almost like, I wonder if this area and this community and who I was before would like still accept me if I needed to come back to it. And that was really sort of the inspiration for the song. So the New York experience, was, was that your first big city experience in, in your life? Yes, living in New York City was my first big independent experience. I left home when I was 18 for college. And so it was really those five years were very formative to my growth. 
So the community you were growing up in, which is the community you came back to, mm -hmm. uh, was sort of in our neighborhood, so to speak. Uh, we, the NPR is in the Washington, D.C. area, and you're in that region, too. So what was that like? Because the, the song speaks so much of nature and, uh, well, the river, and talk about uh, your upbringing just a bit in the sort of the environment you were in that you left and came back to. It was def definitely like a stark contrast to, to the city. I'll just start there, like off the slate. It is about like, yes, I guess geography is like home, but it was more so of like the house that I grew up in, my familiar surroundings um, that really inspired me. And it was a lot of my mom, like growing up, my mom, you know, she's still a gardener, but she was a prolific gardener and she would wrap me up in a blanket um, while she gardened. And <laughs> I just remember waking up under the trees, like a huge, 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 like maple and oak trees. And I would look over and she would be like sweating and wiping her forehead and, and uh, while she was like plowing. <laughs> um, but it was like tiny things like that and just like driving in the backseat of like our old green Jeep and just like smelling the air. And those are like all the things that like you really do take for granted when you are younger. And then when you are older, you start to appreciate the things that I think are rudimentary and like very very like foundational to your being and that was what it was for me very foundational well let's go ahead and play uh the song for those who haven't heard it and for those who have uh you get to enjoy it again uh let's play wait up the winning entry to the 2021 tiny desk contest by neffy deep in the pocket of your coat there's a letter there that I wrote We both know that this cannot work Not when the river's calling Oh, the river's calling Don't have a fancy job or fame But I hear the river knows my name And that is all I could ask Yeah. 
I don't know how many takes you may or may not have done before or <laughs> after. Um, did you feel it, that moment? Did you say, this is it? This, is, this was the take? Um, I actually only did one take of that song. Beautiful. So I was like, okay. And I just knew if I like did it again, I would just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again and find <laughs> like tiny like minuscule mistakes to uh, find. Um, so I just recorded it once and called it a day. <laughs> also, editing is like, and, and recording is not really my strong suit. So I was like, okay, let me just try and get everything done in one take and like pray to God it all works. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was this? Where did you record this? I recorded this in my childhood home, coincidentally, um, in my dad's basement. And I decided to do that because my dad is a huge jazz head and I if you can see in the background, there's like a bunch of like old records. And I was yeah. like hoping that the greats like Etta James and like Stevie Wonder and uh, Aretha and Amy and Adele would all like have just be watching over me while I was recording. So <laughs> that was like, <laughs> I was hoping that would, those would be my guardian angels while I was recording it. I think it worked. <laughs> so was your, I think so. Was your dad's, Music, the music that your dad loved playing in the house when you grew up? Yes, absolutely. I don't think it would have like the curiosity to learn about different types of music if it weren't for my dad or my brothers. And so you've given us a little hint of what your dad liked and you say he's a jazz head. Was that true of your mom? Is your mom a, 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 a music fanatic as well? My mom is, like, she's definitely got music in her bones. For her, it was driving in the car after school with, like, Tracy Chapman playing and Joan Amatrading, and those were the, and Stevie Nicks, like, those were, she introduced me to, like, the folk aspect of everything. So really my dad and my mom, whole family pretty much, really good taste in music, and that kind of helped me sort of um, have a curiosity and, um, a yearning for different types of music that was out there at a very, very young age. And did they buy you your first guitar? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was 13 when my mom um, was like, do you want to maybe potentially like play guitar to help you accompany some of your songs? And I was like, yes, I would love to. And, um, yep, she bought me like a like a used one. Um, from like a local music shop, and I taught myself how to play guitar. Now, you said in that to accompany your song, so you're writing songs already at 13. So when did that start, and what were you writing about? Probably <laughs> <laughs> about like this guy and like sitting across from me in class who like would ignore me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about 13, 12 or 13 when I was like – like enthused about just like writing songs. Um, and then I just, I knew I needed something else to help like push the narrative in like a sort of acoustic-y type melodic way. And that was the guitar. I'm just curious if you were writing songs, you had no instrument or you were just singing, that you were just writing words, more poetry. I probably was like making up melodies in my head and thinking that was enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> like thinking that was enough or but i did dabble in a little bit of like chopstick like piano um uh-huh. that was all i could do at so the was time. A piano in the house yes piano in the house definitely yeah and who was the player uh, my dad uh, was a player for a bit, and it really just became me. So I did, having that, I kind of also had to teach myself piano, too. They must be especially proud. It's it's something for a parent when they know that they've steered their child in not just a direction, but a direction where there's reward and satisfaction, both internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Uh, they must be thrilled. Yeah, I can see it on their faces, and that makes me pretty happy, for sure. <laughs> My mom is awesome. like definitely has been like a, a ball of excitement and lots of happy tears. And my dad's a very chill guy. Like even though he doesn't show it in the same way as my mom, he's no. very, very enthused. Like I could tell he's very, very excited for me. Let's take a quick break. I'm Bob Boylan talking with Tiny Desk Contest winner Nephi, And you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. This message comes from our 2021 lead sponsor of NPR Music, State Farm. To celebrate their surprisingly great rates, State Farm invites you to discover the surprisingly great genre, Boston hip-hop. It's not just your everyday hip-hop with a thick Boston accent. Boston hip-hop is known for its gritty beat, DIY stages, and underground music scene. It actually got its start at Harvard and MIT's radio stations. This beat's got brains and beauty. Make sure to check out Boston hip-hop, then check out State Farm's surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. This is Top Shelf. We're talking with our Tiny Desk Contest winner, Nephi. Is there a song uh, that changed your life in that growing up and that listening to things? Adele's 21 changed my entire life. Wow. Literally every single song on that album was never a throwaway song. It was, or a filler song. Every single song on 21. I was like, this is how you make, this is like good music. This is like the blueprint. Yeah, I remember I was like 10 when it came out, 10 or 11, and it changed my life. It changed my life. Did you, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about the age, and did you go and buy the physical thing, or how did, how did you come to Adele's 21? Well, I remember going to like a record shop and picking up like the actual, um, the vinyl. Then I also got the CD, and yeah, I also probably downloaded it on iTunes and listened to it over and over and over and over again. We invited you uh, on Top Shelf, and um, Phoebe Bridgers picked your song to play, and we invited you on that show, which people can go watch on the Top Shelf uh, episode two of 2021 and hear the conversation you and Phoebe and I had. Um, were you a fan of Phoebe's? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, she definitely made it into some playlists of mine, some inspo playlists of mine. That's pretty cool to be picked by somebody you admired. Absolutely. Um, it was quite a surreal experience, to be honest. <laughs> Very surreal. An awful lot has happened to you during these COVID times. Um, you were a recipient of uh, the Emergence Seed Grant of Washington, D.C. I don't know about that. Tell me about that grant and what it did and what it helped you do. Yeah. Um, Emergent Seed um, is an organization that helps artists perform Um, and create new music um, with a grant um, and then give them the opportunity to perform that music and provide opportunities for local like independent artists. Um, And so it was really awesome for me at the time because it was really the thing that brought me out of 
being like unsure of how I was going to create in a pandemic. Um, and so I found out about the opportunity online after like scouring the internet. Um, and then I ended up submitting a song of mine called Hanging On Too Long. It was just really great confirmation for me because it was just like, okay, I can still do this even in a pandemic. That's beautiful. Well, let's listen to that uh, song. This is the video that came out of that project, out of yes, that grant? Absolutely. All right, so let's play the song Hanging On Too Long. Gone and moved the mountains since you're so strong. Gone and patronized me since I'm so wrong. That's beautiful. Yeah, I haven't heard that thank before. Thank you. It's really crazy that you just listened to that. <laughs> I fangirl over you too, Bob. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, sweet. that's sweet. I don't know uh, what this means to most people, but, but I know that these grants can be so important to emerging artists. 
I got my first NEA grant when I was just starting to play music and then a, a, a DC Arts Commission grant as a young electronic musician. All of those things completely led to my path to winding up at NPR. It's like you do what you do because you have to do it. I was going to make music right. like it or not, <laughs> meaning mm -hmm. other people like it or not. Uh, but in terms of like helping you and your voice get heard, giving you a little more encouragement for me, putting actual food on my table because I didn't really – I was selling records to make money to eat and pay rent back in those days. Um, these grants mean so much. Tell me a little more about this emerging seed grant and, and did it open any doors for you or give you that confidence that I Yes, this is of? like a great topic that I think I'm a little bit definitely passionate about. Grants and resources um, from the community or even just like nationwide, I know personally can really help push an artist's confidence, but also give them the resources to sustain themselves. I mean, pursuing the path of artistry and creativity is quite an uncertain one. There's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made. And I don't know if that's like known globally or like collectively. I think people just see the outcome if they're lucky enough, but not necessarily the sacrifices that are made behind closed doors. Um, and so one of those sacrifices is making sure like you have enough money and to sustain yourself because it's definitely an uncertain path. So emergency definitely helped me a with my confidence. Like I said before, to reiterate, give me that confidence that, okay, I can still pursue music in a global pandemic but also give me the resources to sustain myself a bit while I continue to make music. And so whether it's like, you know, community um, talks or like just resources that are accessible to artists everywhere that um, can help them further their career and their confidence and to expand upon their artistry can be really beneficial. It's beautiful. Well said and uh, really important. <laughs> Somewhere in one of the conversations we've had in the last bunch of days, uh, you mentioned that you had done a few hundred performances in the past number of years. Uh, <laughs> I have. And I know you've done a lot around the D.C. Uh, region, but and mm -hmm. you must have performed in New York as well. So what are your plans now? Or you can talk about what you did do as well. Yeah. Um, so in college, gigging was basically my full-time job outside of my studies. So it was just me constantly asking for bookings um, to perform in house shows, um, pop-up events, any sort of opportunity that I can get, I would jump all over. Um, and that kind of started in my, like the consistency of booking started in my junior year. And so I was like, okay, the more I do this, the more confident I feel performing in front of audiences. It was just basically those, basically three years of back-to-back -back gigging basically was like boot camp mm. um, for me. When it comes to reading an audience and receiving feedback um, to help further my other, like how I translate that into my actual songwriting. Yeah, it was an all around just like boot camp, like real life experience of just gigging as much as possible. And now I've virtually had to pivot <laughs> because of the pandemic. And so some of my shows are virtual. 
But I am looking forward to whatever the future holds because gigging is definitely one of my favorite parts of like the entirety of the creative process. That's very cool. Well, I look forward to seeing you play. We will uh, at some point uh, record because we're still not having concerts at my desk at NPR. We're So as you know, Linda Diaz, who won last year, um, we still haven't recorded hers in the office. We will find a nice place to record yours and put that out sometime toward the end so of October, I think. Ah. So we'll <laughs> brainstorm a, a spot to do that. And then eventually you'll come in and play the office because we want that to happen too. How did you, by the way, first hear about the Tiny Desk Contest? Because you entered in 2018, 2020. Yeah, how did I find uh, How did you first I hear about it? I found out you know? about the contest when I was like, I want to say maybe in like freshman year of college. Um, and one of my friends like introduced it to me. 2015. That's when I found out about it. I mean, I knew about Tiny Desk concerts way before then, but the contest was still yeah. fairly new. Did you know about the Adele one? Absolutely, because you said, we've been trying to get Adele here forever. <laughs> and she was like, oh, like my visa wasn't working <laughs> or something like that. She's amazing. <laughs> She's like, America didn't like me then. <laughs> I've listened to that Tiny Desk contest or that concert so many times. Um, yes, I... I have that actual desk that she sat on oh, in my other room. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was that when we closed the old NPR offices, I thought, I can't just let this you go. You did the right thing by keeping home. that. Oh, my God. Queen. <laughs> She's literally a goddess. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should bring that out oh to wherever God. we shoot your concert. Maybe that should oh be, no. that would be really cool. Oh, my God. Cool, That's it? wild. <laughs> I, I like this idea. You do. Um, <laughs> so you did a 2018 submission? Yeah, I did 2020 2018 submission. with my song, Mrs. Jones, and then 2019 with a song um, called Like You Did. Was that 2020, maybe? I did, did skip, you skip a, year, a year, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. So yeah, yes. I think it was 2018, I think you're right. I'm so sorry. This year has felt like uh, one long, yeah, big year, cool. so I'm just no. like, what? Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Well, let's go out on that uh, submission from Mrs. Jones. You want to tell us something about the song and, and maybe what it was like to do this thing, this awkward thing of submitting to a contest? Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Jones is a song I wrote about not being someone's Mrs. Jones. <laughs> um, it is a love song in and of itself, I feel like. And I decided to submit it. I also like am happy that I did because it was really about persistence at the end of the day. I think like even though I submitted in 2018 and in previous years, I just I never really got discouraged. I just kept like I would hope that like my momentum would just eventually get better from performing so much. And so um, I'm happy that I stuck with it. I really am. <laughs> we are, too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nephi. We wish you all the best, and I, I look forward to hopefully seeing you someplace, maybe outdoors, yes. and shoot a little concert. And, yes. And, and thank you so much, future. and thank you to the NPR team for all their hard work. Um, it's been just a tremendous experience. Let's go out on Mrs. Jones. I'm Bob Boylan for Top Shelf. I thank personally the NPR crew for all their hard work in making this stuff happen. 
Uh, it's really quite a, a remarkable thing. So much talent comes through our doors. We try to share as much as we can with the world. There's plenty to look at. Go to npr.org slash contest if you want to watch other talented people, because there's many, many. But uh, we're in love with uh, Nephi this year, and so thank you. Thank you. Let's play Mrs. Jones. Take care, everybody.
Zone. 